Join us now for Health for Life, brought to you by Hamilton Healthcare System. Today we're talking with Dr. Stephen Painter of Hamilton Physician Group General Surgery in Dalton. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Painter. I'm glad to be here. Dr. Painter is a board-certified general surgeon at Hamilton Physician Group General Surgery. He attended medical school at the Medical College of Georgia. He completed his general surgeon residency and internship at East Tennessee State University School of Medicine. Hamilton Physician Group General Surgery is located at 1504 Broderick Drive, Dalton. He and his fellow surgeons provide the latest medical advances in general surgery and personalized care. Dr. Painter, today we're going to be talking about GERD and hiatal hernias. Tell us, what exactly is GERD? So GERD is a very common disease that term GERD stands for gastroesophageal reflux disease. Most people kind of understand a little bit about what heartburn is, which is just a burning sensation you get in your throat or esophagus after eating a spicy meal or eating late at night. But GERD is more serious where you actually have acid from the stomach refluxing or regurgitating up into the esophagus. Is that common? It's actually quite common, and a lot of people are on medication and treatment for it. Now, I see I see commercials on television all the time for heartburn and, and these little pills. You can take one a day. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, that's exactly what that's used to treat. How is GERD related to a hiatal hernia? So most people with the more severe form of GERD, where they actually have acid reflux, also have what's called a hiatal hernia. And a hiatal hernia is where the opening in the diaphragm, the large muscle that separates the chest and the abdomen, the esophagus or the swallowing tube goes through that in what's normally a very small opening. A hiatal hernia is when that opening gets larger and lets part of the stomach go up into the lower part of the chest. And that's one of the main causes of severe reflux disease or severe acid reflux. And uh, that is something that uh, sometimes we can treat surgically. Well, now, why does GERD even need to be treated at all? So people that have mild heartburn can just take a couple of Tums or Rolaids and, and don't uh, have any long-term problems. But people that have the more severe reflux or stomach acid that goes up into the esophagus can really have some significant problems from it. The acid can damage the lower esophagus. The esophagus is not designed to handle acid, uh, whereas the intestine on the other side of the stomach is. And so when acid hits the lower esophagus, it causes ulcers, it erodes the lining of the esophagus. That can then lead to strictures or tightening of the esophagus where people can't even swallow anymore. Now, I have heard of that, people that have trouble swallowing. Yes, and so that's a very common problem with reflux, and we get our gastroenterology doctors to go in and stretch that back open, which temporarily relieves it, but unless you stop the reflux, it would just happen again. Other conditions are when the reflux is bad enough to go way up to the back of the throat, mm -hmm. it can actually get down in your lungs and cause asthma or pneumonia. Uh, it can cause hoarseness can also cause problems with your teeth. Sometimes we'll get referrals from dentists because they notice that the patient's teeth are being damaged by the acid. And then another thing we're finding that sleep is very, very important to the human body in, in all kinds of uh, ways. And reflux can lead to poor sleep because people wake up at night coughing or choking or acid into the back of the throat. And then the final thing is acid reflux is linked to a disease called Barrett's esophagus. And Barrett's is a precancerous change that occurs in the esophagus, which can lead to esophageal cancer. And esophageal cancer is one of the few cancers that's actually rising dramatically in its incidence. Wow. So you really, if you, if you have 
some of these symptoms, you need to go to the doctor. Yes, and it really should be treated medically or surgically. Now, what are some of the ways that GERD is treated? Well, the most common way to treat kind of mild GERD, so to speak, is with acid-reducing medications. Those are all drugs. There's two different classifications. The first ones were H2 blockers, and the stronger ones that are out now are called PPIs, or proton pump inhibitors. And those really do reduce the amount of acid that the stomach produces. The problem with that is that it actually does not stop reflux. It just makes it where it doesn't burn. So if you're a person that has continuing reflux despite reducing the acid, then those are the patients that sometimes we consider surgery. Well, I was going to ask you, why would a patient consider surgery to treat GERD? So I do a lot of hiatal hernia surgery, and the three most common reasons are either poor control. So a person would be taking the PPIs or medication, and despite that, they have acid breakthrough. And a lot of times they're on two or three different kinds of medicines, sometimes double dosing. And despite that, they continue to have acid reflux. Probably also very common is people that have actual regurgitation, and that cannot be treated with medication. So if the stomach acid goes all the way up into the back of the throat or you start having choking or, or getting it into your lungs, uh, then that, even if you reduce the amount of acid that's produced, the material still keeps washing up into the esophagus, and that is much better treated with surgery. And then some people just want to get off the medicine. There are side effects to these PPIs that are mm -hmm. taken long-term, and you can just kind of Google and kind of see the numerous side effects. One of the most common ones is it does decrease the ability of the body to absorb calcium. Not really sure why that happens, but it is definitely clearly associated with PPIs that you get less calcium. And as you age, particularly women as they age, have trouble absorbing enough calcium anyhow. And so women that have osteoporosis or are prone to weak bones sometimes will want just to get off the PPIs. Well, now, can you explain a little bit about the surgery? How, that, how does that work? Sure. The surgery is almost always outpatient. And it's almost always done laparoscopically. So a patient is completely asleep with general anesthesia. And we typically make five small punctures in the abdomen. One of those is finger size, and the other four are pencil size. And we, with the laparoscope, repair the hiatal hernia so that opening in the diaphragm is closed back to a normal size. And then we have to do something to strengthen the lower part of the esophagus. There's a sphincter muscle right between the esophagus and the stomach. And most patients, in addition to having a hiatal hernia, also have a weakness in that muscle. And there's a couple of ways to repair that. One is a traditional stomach wrap, and the other is a newer device called the Lynx device. Now, I have heard about the Lynx device. Is that an option for surgery? Yes, it's a newer option that's been available here locally for several years that uh, I've been doing. Uh, it's been around for about 15 years with FDA approval. The spelling for that for your listeners is L-I-N-X if they want to kind of Google search that. It's a ring of magnets that basically goes around the outer part of your esophagus right where your sphincter muscle is. A ring of magnets? Yes, it's high-tech precision <laughs> magnets. Wow. And it, it looks a little bit like one of the candy bracelets that kids wear. Yes, that, yes. Yeah, but it's not quite like that. But it does wrap around the outside of the sphincter muscle and helps strengthen your sphincter muscle. So the magnet is set at about 18 millimeters of pressure. Normal swallowing is at about 40. 
and reflux is at about five. So it's set at that sweet spot. So when you swallow, you can generate enough force to push food through, but then low-grade reflux can't come back up through it. So it's very effective for treating that. There, there are actually some advantages to the Lynx device, I think. It's a little bit more precise than the traditional stomach wrap that we do. There's different sizes, and we actually measure and choose the size for the actual patient. One of the disadvantages of the stomach wrap was that it was harder for people to belch or regurgitate if they got sick to their stomach. Mm-hmm. And the way the Lynx device works, if you drink a Coke, for instance, and you generate more force in your stomach, you can actually belch with the Lynx device. And so that's one of the advantages of it as well. Now, is that a permanent thing? It is a permanent fix. It can be removed. There's really low complication rate with it. And very few people ever want it out. But if it does need to be removed, it can be completely removed. Now, what about recovery? from surgery of the, of the Lynx device or, 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 or the, any surgery, what kind of recovery time are you looking at and what will patients expect? So again, most people that have the surgery are done as an outpatient, so they actually go home the same day. There is some discomfort at the incision sites and sometimes up in the neck and shoulder that will last a day or two. And most people get over most of the discomfort pretty quickly. I have patients that come tell me that they were able to sleep flat in bed for the first time after for years immediately after the surgery. So the reflux is immediately controlled. We still keep patients on the medication for a couple weeks just to let them heal a little bit, but most people are actually able to completely get off their medication after surgery. Well, that is a miracle. Yes, it seems like it to them. After After everything they've been fighting for so long. Yes. Oh, that is that is just great. We do change your diet just for a few weeks after the surgery. For the traditional stomach wrap, you have to go on a very soft diet for a couple of weeks and gradually get to solid food. With the Lynx device, we actually want you eating solid food the day after surgery, but it has to be smaller bites, chewing your food well. We actually encourage even some snacking for a while to keep that Lynx device opening and closing as it's healing. Well, this sounds like a, a, something I would like. If I get to, if you're encouraging me to snack and eat, it sounds good. Well, that that is wonderful. Now, if somebody uh, listening, we have so many people listening, listeners that would be interested in this surgery, how do they get in contact with you? So uh, our phone number is 706-278-6403. If you want a direct referral, we do encourage people to go through their primary care physician if you have one. But if you don't, you can just call my office and talk to uh, our staff and they will set up a consultative visit. If we see you and you're interested in surgery and it sounds like you are a a potential candidate, there is some testing that you would have to go through. We either want an x-ray or an endoscopy of the esophagus prior to surgery, and then perhaps some other testing that needs to be done to decide if you're a surgical candidate or not. So people can call directly if they, particularly if they have the kind of reflux we've been talking about today, where they have regurgitation, poor sleep, sleeping on extra pillows, or they just want to get off their medication, uh, they can feel free to call our office directly. Dr. Painter, let's talk a little bit about Barrett's and how it relates to the Lynx procedure. Sure. So one of the complications of reflux disease is Barrett's, which is a precancerous change that you get in the lower esophagus. And if you have that, and, and your listeners that have it know that 
typically the gastroenterologists want to keep a really close eye on that. So they'll have you come back every couple of years and do another endoscopy to make sure that has not developed into a cancer. Some of the exciting thing about Lynx is that recently there have been some studies showing that it actually can reverse Barrett's. And we really have not had any treatment that would reverse Barrett's in the past. So there's different kinds of Barrett's, I'll just say that. And there's only specific kinds that reverse with the Lynx procedure. But the short segment, which is the most common, reverses completely in about 80 to 90% of patients within a year wow. after the Lynx device. So it's another advantage, I think, of the Lynx device. Dr. Painter, thank you so much for coming in and being a guest on our show again. We really learned a lot today. It was my pleasure being here. For more information or an appointment at Hamilton Physician Group General Surgery, call 706-278-6403 or visit hamiltonhealth.com surgery. This program in no way seeks to diagnose or treat illness or to replace professional medical care. Please see your health care provider if you have a health problem. Thank you for listening to Health for Life, a presentation of Hamilton Healthcare System. 